0: So when I was younger, I remember my uh, parents a few times would get this hot sauce, this specific brand of hot sauce that was so strong, so potent, that I remember putting them putting just like a few drops in a big pot of chili. And just those four to five drops, its presence was felt through every bowl of chili. I remember that if they put more, sometimes if they put more than like two to three drops in, I couldn't eat it because it was so strong. Now, I'm not much of a cook myself, but I know that there are plenty of ingredients that this applies to, that you only need to put a little bit in, and it goes a long way, right? It makes a a big impact on the final final product. A little bit can go a very long way. Now, our focus this morning is going to be our reading from Matthew. And this is a, a text that I think most Christians could tell you about on the spot, right? I think, ask any Christian, they can tell you all about it. But as we go through this today, I want to focus on a little bit different of an angle than what you're maybe used to hearing. So, the reading from Matthew today this is early on in Jesus' ministry. Uh, But even at this point, he has already amassed quite a following. He's a very popular guy. Uh, So, right before our reading for today, Jesus had just got done preaching. And right after that, he finds out that his cousin John the Baptist has been killed. Now, if we stop and think about that for a moment, that would have been quite a, a swing for Jesus, right? He would have gone from the, the high of preaching, you know, all the energy and, and passion that goes into it, to then the low of finding out that his dearly beloved cousin, John the Baptist, had been killed, right? That's, that's quite a roller coaster of emotions and, and physical toll taken on him. And so when Jesus finds out this news, his reaction is not really surprising, right? He wants some time alone. And so he gets in a boat, and he goes to be by himself, just, just to process all that's going on and, and to grieve. I don't think any of you would, when you found out news of someone close to you dying, would want to be surrounded by a lot of people who want stuff out of you. So it's, it's natural that Jesus wanted this. But as I mentioned, Jesus was a popular guy. And so the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him there. Now, if I were in Jesus' position, I probably would not have been the kindest person, right? You know, Jesus, who had just got done preaching, just found out this news. It's like, come on, guys. I want just a few minutes by myself. Can you not take a hint when I got on the boat and went out away from you? Give me some space. That's obviously not how Jesus responded. In the midst of his exhaustion and his grief, the Bible says that he had compassion on them, and he even healed their sick. I think this is truly one of those times that it's important to remember that Jesus was a man, right? So however you would have felt in that situation, that's how Jesus felt too. The physical exhaustion and the roller coaster of emotion Yet, he loved them and he cared for them. And and then after that, it it would have been easy to just do what the disciples did, right? The disciples are like, hey, Jesus, it's getting late in the day. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Just just send them home so they can go find something to eat. But Jesus didn't just send them away. He didn't take the easy way out. He he instead tells the disciples uh, to give them something to eat which is pretty remarkable on its own, too, because feeding them wasn't Jesus' responsibility. But again, he showed love to them. And they come back with the the two fish and the five loaves of bread. Now, I'm just going to guess that there are some people here who are like me and who are not regularly involved with, with meal planning. Is anybody brave enough to admit that? So... I know that there are, you know, plenty of people who don't know the amount of food that it takes for certain events, but two fish and five loaves of bread, that's not enough. I don't know if you knew that, but that's simply not enough. I mean, the little bit of knowledge that I do have, just trying to to feed my wife, myself, and my two oldest kids, my kids put food away, and they're little. Like this two fish and five loaves wouldn't have even fed us. So yeah, this little, tiny offering of food that was offered up, it doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what's needed. But we all know the story, right? The disciples just kept having baskets full of food that never ran out. Everyone ate and was satisfied. Oh, and then there were 12 baskets of food left over. An extraordinary miracle to say the least. Now, I'm sure that many of you have heard this before, but if you didn't uh, catch that at the end, it said at the end of our gospel reading, it said, the number of men was 5,000 besides the women and the children. So scholars believe that the number of people there was closer to 15,000 people. I mean, two fish and five loaves of bread. That's such a small amount of food. God make that, made that food go a long way. And this isn't the first time that we've seen God work through means that were non existent or not enough. In Exodus, when millions of Israelites are freed from the oppression of Pharaoh in Egypt, they literally pick up their lives and leave. They, they don't even have food with them, really. They just are following where God is leading. But God provides manna and quail. Even then, it doesn't seem like like much. Like, how is the food that they are gathering that day going to uh, be enough to live off of? But every day, God provided for their daily bread. Then, in First Kings, Elijah comes across a widow and her son who who don't have enough food. In fact, she tells them that she is planning on making one more meal for her and her son, and then they're going to die. But Elijah asks her to trust in him and and in turn trust in God. And instead of them eating the food, make the food and give it to Elijah. She does. And the flour that she uses never runs out. It's enough for them to live off of. Never ran empty. Then in 2 Kings, Elisha comes across a woman who has no husband and no way of paying off her debtor's and, she, and so Elisha tells her to go to her neighbors and ask for empty jars and, as, and, and takes a little bit of oil that she had and the jars never ran empty. She was able to pay off her debtors and then live off of those jars. With both of these widows, God made a little bit go far beyond what they, would have, uh, what they had. And then obviously here in Matthew, there is a laughably small amount of food that was uh, for what was needed. But God made that go a long way too. But God is not just done making a little bit go a long way. You know, we still see that sometimes today. Uh, Sometimes in a very real physical sense. Over the years, I've heard stories about, and maybe you've heard these stories too, about like missionaries overseas where their tube of toothpaste inexplicably lasts for years. Or how, like a a family that is uh, having a hard time making ends meet, how their pasta never seems to run out, There's a few examples. But even if we don't see these these big, awesome stories of God working miraculous things out of uh, little things, he's still at work, making things go longer than we'd expect. God can make your financial offering to his kingdom. Your offering that you might actually think is not as much as you'd like to give, and he can do things with it. Remember, Jesus talks about uh, the, the woman who puts her two mites, basically like she puts two pennies in the box at church. And this is what Jesus says. This poor widow has put in more than all. For all of these, out of their abundance, have put offerings in for God. But she, out of her poverty, has put in all the livelihood that she had. God can make your offering go a long way. God can take your response to a plea to help. Give your time, whether it's a specific event or or a ministry. And you might not think that your small offering of time can have a big impact. God can make your time go a lot longer, too, a lot farther, too. That was the case for Ben Colston when I asked him to help out with youth ministry. He had no indica- or he had given me no indication that he was even interested in helping with youth ministry, but I asked him, and, and he agreed to help. And now now he's one of our most dependable and key youth ministry volunteers, and he's making meaningful relationships with the youth. God can make your time go a long way. God can even take your seemingly random interests and abilities to serve the church and his kingdom in ways that you didn't even think were plausible. Talents that have nothing to do with your faith or church at all. On Vicarage, there was a teen who had a passion and an ability to do graphic design. And the pastor found out, and guess what? Then he started helping make, like, church logos and different logos and stuff like that. God can make your talents go a long way. God can even just use your presence in someone's life to do things that you didn't expect. Just getting to know your neighbors. Saying hi to the person that you get Starbucks from every day. Getting to know the names of the people that you sit next to every Sunday. God can make your presence go a long way. All these things are to say God can take anything you give and use it to serve his kingdom. Now, that's in no way to say give God the least you possibly can, right? That's not the point. But rather to say even when you think you have so little to give, God can do so much with it. I mean, do you think that the, the disciples, when seeing the crowds of people that went beyond what their eyes could see, thought that they would have been part of something so inexplicable? It's not a chance. But they trusted Jesus. They listened to him and obeyed him, and they did what, they, what he told them. They saw so little compared to such a great need. But their faith led them to bring it before Jesus, even so. Look, I know that there are a lot of reasons to think that the very little that we sometimes have to offer, that is not going to be enough. And under normal circumstances, you'd be right. We're dealing with the God of the universe who created everything out of nothing but his word. So whether you think or so whether you are waiting for someone else to make the first move to get to know them better, or or you're waiting for that big paycheck to come so you can give a little bit to church, or or you're waiting for your life and your schedule just to clear up so you have a little bit of time to give. Whatever the situation is, take a step of faith and give what you do have. Even if it's not much, God can do so much with so little. Even if you don't know how your seemingly uh, small offering might be used, make no mistake, God already has plans for it. And along with that, know too that whatever you are giving to God, God is using that. The disciples offered Jesus two fish, and five loaves of bread to feed 15,000 people. They weren't sure what Jesus was going to do with that. But here's the thing it wasn't their responsibility to know how Jesus was going to make it work. As we have seen with, with these examples that we've looked at, it and plenty more, it's not about knowing what God is going to do with, with uh, what we're giving. In fact, it's not even about what's being offered up, however big or small it is. It's about the faith that says, I believe in a God who can take what I have to give and use it. And even more than the faith that says that is the one that that faith is in. The God who can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. To him be all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for how you work in our lives. Uh, God, we, we sometimes feel like we, we have very little to give. Uh, God, you, you call us to follow you and, and give us uh, and give what we have to you. And Lord, sometimes it seems like, okay, God, but what is this going to do? But you make things go a long way. You, you make realities out of impossibilities Help us to see that you are always at work in our lives, even through the seemingly small offerings that we have to give. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. I invite you to stand as we